Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Chris Terracone. Season 8 of Jury Duty explores the trial of Alex Murdoch, a member of one of the most powerful families in South Carolina, who was accused of murdering his son, Paul, and his wife, Maggie, with the purpose of covering up a myriad of alleged crimes, including fraud and homicide. In our last episode, we continued our review of the direct examination of sled agent Melinda Worley by the state. In this installment, we continue our look at Agent Worley's testimony. That's all coming up right after the break. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to yeah. bring something like this to life. And yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend <laughs> that I don't right Hold now. it in. Hold on. And our current faves. And Luffy must have his due. <laughs> Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. It is the morning of Monday, January 30th, 2023, the fourth day of the Alex Murdoch murder trial. Defense attorney Dick Harpudlian continues his questioning of Agent Melinda Worley, a senior criminalist in the latent print unit of the SLED Forensic Services Lab, who is qualified as an expert in footwear and tire impressions. In our previous episode, Harpudlian had begun his cross-examination by asking Agent Worley about her actions on the night of the murders, including collection of evidence and her rendering of a drawing of the areas where the bodies were found. Next, the defense attorney pivots to asking about a piece of equipment available to assist SLED agents in documenting crime scenes. Okay, now, what's FARO? Tell the jury what FARO is. Uh, FARO is a 3D laser scanner that we use to document scenes. Uh, okay, it takes did, a, you, did you use a FARO scanner on this scene? On the July 16th, we did. We couldn't the night of the incident because it was raining. So tell us how one scans for a pharaoh, and, and by the way, is the end result of that pharaoh process a three-dimensional view of the scene? Yes, that's right. And so that you can manipulate it, turn it, examine it in any direction you want, correct? Yes. And you had that done in this case? Yes. I did not hear the Attorney General ask you about it in your direct. Was, did, was it brought here to the courtroom? I, I believe it's here, yes. It's here. Okay. Well, um, I have a copy of what you furnished to us. Play that for me, and I may stop it from time to time. Harpulian instructs the AV technician to put a video on the courtroom monitors. The initial image looks like the drone image earlier in the trial. However, only parts of the property are photographically represented, with other areas of the screen simply a blank white. Harpulian asks the agent to explain the image before stopping and starting the video. Is this a drone video? No, it's uh, created by the Faro software. Created by Faro software. Okay, go ahead. 
The point of view swoops down into what we have come to know as the airplane hangar, which is partitioned by two walls. The image swoops around a wall in the middle right section, and we see the sheltered area on the right side of the hangar that Agent Worley will call the workshop. And that contains a doghouse to our right and a quail cage along the wall to our left. Stop it again. That would be, right down here, that would be the dog house, right? Right. Okay, keep going. Okay, stop right there. Now, we're seeing the inside of, what is this room called? I refer to it as a workshop. Work, okay. And the bullet that went into the quail cage went through the quail cage and came out this wall, right? That's right. Okay, go ahead. Again, stop one second. And the quality of this isn't very good. Why is that? I'm not really sure. But, I mean, isn't there a final product you get from this? I'm not sure if there's something more final than, I don't do the rendering of the software, so I'm not sure if there's okay. something more than that. Keep, keep going. Okay, stop. That's the quail cage right over here, correct? That's right. Right here. Okay, go ahead. That would be the doghouse. Yes. Okay, let's keep going. Stop it, please. Now, the bullet hole into the, the doghouse is on the side facing this greenery, or is it on this side over here? It, it's on the other side. On the other side. So there's a bullet hole that comes in here on this side. Right, the kennel side, yes. The what now? The side that the kennels are on. No, the kennel's back this way, right? Yeah, but it's on that. If you're looking at the front of the doghouse. Okay, right, right, right. So it's, it's coming in here. Yes. And where's it exiting? It goes into the doghouse, and the, there was a dog bed uh, in the doghouse. It goes in there. Okay. Keep going. Stop right there. Go back just a little bit. Okay, go ahead. So as we watch it come around, you would agree with me that the doghouse is not perpendicular to, stop it, to the door to the feed room, correct? Right. As the video continues and the view moves farther to the right of the airplane hangar beyond the doghouse and the sheltered workshop, we see renderings of the kennels and the feed room where Paul's body was discovered. Okay, keep going. And that would be, stop it, that would be the feed room right here, correct? Yes, that's right. And these are the dog kennels up here. Right. Okay, keep going. And so you can see, that's like a chicken coop right there? I believe so. Okay, keep going. Finally, the image whirls around and we see the area in the direction from which the video originated opposite the hangar structure. And that's looking at a structure that's back probably 150, 200 feet away from the, the kennels, right? Yes. It's got farm equipment in it? Yes. Okay, that's it. So we have, and you could take this and convert it into, well, let, let me ask you, do you know how they do this? On scene, we take scans with the scanner. Uh, anything the laser touch touches, it records. Um, beyond that, I'm... Well, there's a laser touch, and then isn't there a camera that goes 360 degrees this way and 360 degrees this way, and the laser and the camera sync up, um, and you do a number of them. Yes. Maybe 100 or so, and Not... then it knits it together. That's right. To get this. Yes. But you agree with me that you can do a much more focused look. This obviously has not been converted totally to 3D, has it? I'm not sure. Who ordered this? Who said we need this? Uh, I'm not really sure. I, went, I was told to go to the scene and additional documentation, and that's what we did. I'm not sure. So, I mean, if I told you your chain of custody on this indicates it was y'all received it sometime in July or August of last year, and it's been in the custody of SWED since early January, probably three weeks ago. Is that correct? I'm not sure when it was made, but... But it didn't. It wasn't turned over or pulled out of the evidence locker until three weeks ago, correct? I'm really not sure. 
Okay. Harpoolian next presents the witness with a series of photos. Let me ask you to examine these photos and see if you can identify them. Yes. What are they? Those are photographs uh, that we took when we returned on July 16th. And these are specifically photographs of the doghouse? Yes. And let me also show you this photograph and see if you can identify it. Yes. What is that? Uh, it's a picture when we were trying to determine the angle of that defect in the doghouse. The defect would be the bullet hole? Yes, sir. Uh, off of this into evidence is number 11. There appears to be some confusion regarding the cataloging of exhibits and Judge Clifton Newman calls for a brief recess so that the attorneys can agree upon what should and should not be admitted. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. After the break, Dick Harpoolian resumes his questioning of Agent Worley about images and diagrams of the crime scene, specifically the quail cage inside the sheltered workshop area. So you took measurements, for instance, let me show you the picture I want to show you to begin with, which is Worley, page 7. You recognize that? I do. And what is that? It's one of the diagrams that I created. And what's it a diagram of? That quail cage. Now, you did that sketch, and that sketch, defect interior side of cage, in defect interior sidewall of cage, and defect interior back wall of cage, right? Right. So you have an entrance and an exit hole, correct? That's right. What did you do to try to determine the trajectory on that? Where did it come from? We placed a flight path rod um, through defect J, uh, all the way through to where it went through the back of, back wall of the cage. Okay. Is that a picture of that rod? It's one of the many pictures, yes. No, but I mean, does it's, that picture accurately depict the rod you put through, but from the in exterior to the interior? Yes. Okay. How about put that up, please? It would be uh, 2019. And so you're telling the jury that this is a rod that you ran from that, the, from the entrance hole to the exit hole, and what are you doing right here? That's where we're determining the angle. Uh, Upward or downward angle. That's right. Okay. Now, let's talk about how you determine the angle of front to back. I don't know what you call that scientifically. I mean, did you determine the angle of that rod as to the exterior wall? Yes. Okay. Based on the exhibit we saw a moment ago, the entrance would have been on this side, correct? Yes. Now, the feed room, you would agree with me, is not on that side of the uh, quail cage, correct? That's right. Matter of fact, this side faces the feed room, correct? I believe so, yes. Now, did you determine, and I can walk through all the technical things you did, but did you only determine the angle, you can check your notes, the angles of the entrance hole over here to that side? That is, what is the, is that horizontal? Am I talking horizontal? Yes. Okay, the horizontal entrance and exit wound, if you put that rod through it, what did it tell you about the angle as opposed to that flat area? 
Uh, we determined it was approximately 41 degrees. 41 degrees, and if I'm standing at that edge, is it 41 degrees to my right or my left? Uh, I believe to the right. I'm not sure, though. Can you look and see? I don't have that in my notes. Okay, let me show you a picture. Okay, and what you did was, correct me if I'm wrong, you put that rod through, and then you put a protractor up against it, and then the protractor told you it was 41 degrees from flat or... Uh, from from the where the uh, bullet went in the wall, from that flat edge to where the angle is, was 41 degrees. Okay, and let me show you KNWL-2007. That depicts that rod you put from the exterior through the interior, right? That's right. And so as that rod sticks out, it would be the path of the bullet. Approximately, yes. Approximately, okay. And it's 41 degrees from neutral. Yes. Or, I mean, it'd be where the wall, the, the wall the bullet went into, it would be, 41 degrees would be over here. Yes. Right. Okay. And so, and I see from that picture we showed a moment ago, used a protractor, just like this one, maybe similar to this one, to determine that angle, right? That's right. And basically you just take the rod and then you put this up to it and then figure out what the angle is, right? You line up the middle of the protractor on, on where the defect is, yes. Where the defect, where the bullet hole is. Right. Okay. Now... Did you do the same thing for the dog pen, a dog house? Yes, we did. And let me walk you through a couple of those pictures. Let's go to page six of eight of her report. Is that something you prepared? It is. So as we look at this, defect one is the entrance hole. It's defect I, yes. I'm sorry? Defect I. Okay. And defect H is what? It, we weren't sure if it was a, a defect. It didn't, it didn't go through the wall, but we marked it. Did you have anything that went all the way through? Just I. Just I. Um, but you also stuck a rod in that, correct? Yes, we did. And what was the, and the, and the dog, uh, this side of the um, doghouse would be the side facing the kennels? Yes. And what was the angle, entrance angle on that? You put a rod through and measured, just like you did before, um, with a protractor. And what was the... Um, the angle on that? The horizontal angle was approximately 84 degrees. So 84 degrees. Now the side the bullet went in was facing the dog pen. Yes. And as we see from the photos, approximately, I mean, again, I'm just some guesswork, but not square with the dog pens, a little bit further to, if you're standing uh, in the feed room, if you're looking at the dog house, it would be a little bit to your left, correct? That's right. And then this trajectory into the doghouse is 84 degrees, which means if that's the, the uh, feed room, it's coming from even further over here, correct? Yes. Okay. So let me have you do this for me. You, if, I, if I had a sketch, your sketch, of the doghouse and the quail cage, you could take that protractor right there and basically show the line out, correct? From the quail cage to the doghouse? No, from the quail cage, the trajectory, if I put down that protractor on the side where the bullet went in, that's pretty easy to identify in your sketch, right. and went to, what was the first one, how many degrees? 41 degrees. 41 degrees um, on your sketch. Uh, you could follow the trajectory of that bullet out, correct? Yes. You do the same thing on the doghouse. Right. Okay. Harpoodlian takes Agent Worley through a number of angle and trajectory measurements in the area of the feed room in the sheltered workshop area and then posits a conclusion to the witness. 
So correct me if I'm wrong, but if you look at the photograph and you look at, well, you look at this. The seed room door is approximately right here, correct? That's right. Would you circle that with a red circle for me, please? And the trajectory on both these shots, so let's take the small animal cage. Did that come from anywhere near the seed room? It would have been up if you follow that out. Are you familiar with where that um, great vine was? If you're looking at the feed room all the way to the right? Well, I think even further up than that. But even maybe beyond that, one of the shots fired by that AR blackout was fired from somewhere way up here. Correct? I mean, that's the trajectory. I can't tell the distance it was from from the animal cage to wherever. I can't tell you where the shooter was within that line. But that line is way away from the from from the right? Right. And this one, while it's closer, it's still many feet away from the field. So as you saw this area right here that night, you assumed, I think not assumed, but everyone sort of concluded that it was a really close shot into the field room that killed Paul, correct? Two shots. I believe Though it is difficult to hear, Agent Worley answered Harpudlian in the affirmative. Now the AR at least this line would indicate the AR was some distance away from the feed room when those two shots were fired. Correct? Again, though it is difficult to hear, Agent Worley answered Harpulian in the affirmative. Okay. Now, you recovered these projectiles. Did, were they tested for blood or tissue so that you could determine whether they passed through Maggie or just missed it? I you don't know whether they tested them or not. I told you they didn't test them. That's surprising. No. Okay. Now, does this lead you to believe, and you're someone that processes crime scenes, I mean, if this had been sketched out the night of the, of the, uh, I mean, you didn't take these measurements till a month later. We took these measurements on scene the night of. Oh, so you had these measurements. Right. You, but did you know the degree? No, that was Until July 12th. But on July 12th, did anyone go back out and walk this line? You see, maybe there's shell casing way up here. No one looked like there, correct? Not from Okay, and no one did a topographical study to indicate, if you follow these lines back, whether the, wherever a shooter could have been were higher or lower uh, than um, the doghouse or the, the um, small animal cave, right? But doesn't this indicate to you there were two shooters? It was a shooter up here and a shooter down here. Is it a possibility? Well, let me say that. Is it a possibility that there are two shooters based on the data you collected? It just indicated it was, there was movement. So, movement from here all the way up to here? I don't know that it's went all the way there. But is it, I'm not telling you anything. I mean, one, one explanation would be movement, correct? Yeah. One explanation would be, would be two shooters. I'm sorry? Yes. No, 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 no. But one explanation of the data would be two shooters. One explanation. Not the, but one. Not the only Yeah, not the only But it is a reasonable explanation, just like one shooter running up that way, correct? So a re one of the reasonable explanations is there are two people there. There are two guns there. One's a shotgun, one's an AR. And we now see that that AR is being shot from way up here, correct? It's somewhere along that line. And that line goes a dozen, two dozen, three dozen yards from the beaver, if you follow straight up. I don't know where they were within that line. Could someone have been a lookout there? They went there to kill Paul? 
And and uh, that's the look at. Maggie surprised them. They thought she was gone. Have you ordered? Reasonable though, right? What? I said, why do you think I wasn't there? I know you weren't there, but none of us were there. We're trying to figure out what happened that night. And clearly, one reasonable explanation is two shooters. One explanation. One Right. And a number of them. After eliciting these concessions from Agent Worley regarding the possibility of two shooters, Harpudlian asks her to go back to the witness stand and continues to ask her questions related to ballistic trajectories. Take report on the doghouse shot. You testified it was 80-something degrees, right? 84 degrees. It's not 90-something degrees? I had 84. Hmm. Okay, let me show you defense exhibits 19 and 22. Are these the actual protractor measurements you did that? Of the animal cage. Okay, both of them are of the animal cage? Yes. Okay. Did you do the same measurements on the doghouse? Yes. What does that indicate? You mean what is this? No, what is the angle based on that? 80-something. So let me see what you have in your notes. You recorded it. What does the horizontal 96 degrees mean? I'm not sure why it says 96. I had 84. In your crime scene notes? That's right. But you wrote down, uh, your official report said 96 degrees. My notes said 84 degrees. Well, did you just, notes were taken at the scene? Yes. Let me say this to you. Based on your calculations, both of those shots came well to the right, if you're facing the feed room, well to the right of where the feed room is, correct? Thereabouts, yes. Thereabouts? Yeah. Is that what you said? Yes, sir. So I'm, I'm trying to look for some concise, you're a criminalist, you would agree with me that they did not come from the feed room or right. the vicinity of the feed room, and they're literally yards away from the feed room, correct? Yes. Okay, I'm not going to beat that. And with that, we bring to a close this episode of Jury Duty, the trial of Alex Murdoch. Please join our next installment as we conclude our review of Slight Agent Melinda Worley's testimony. Also, check out the new crime story podcast, Night Raid, wherever you get your podcasts. And, if you would like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created and produced by Carrie and Tholis. It was co-produced and edited by yours truly, Chris Terracone. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty.